Welcome to Alter Your Comics Presents. I'm Alex. I'm Laura. And I'm Jared. And this week we're going to talk about sci-fi. Our favorite sci-fi comic books and mostly graphic novels at this point. My list contains of at least. I don't know about you guys. Same here. But uh, single issues, why is there sci-fi? Just see what's on the shelves and go from there. But, Jared, you actually have a printout, all fancy-like. All right. What is your first on the list for sci-fi? The first one on my list is Cowboys vs. Aliens. It's where aliens invade Earth and the cowboys and Native Americans battle them. The assistant to the alien leader falls in love with your main protagonist in the story and aids them in their battle against the conquering aliens. Boy, does that sound rehearsed. It was. Uh, I would say that was maybe a little <laughs> bit of Wikipedia speaking right there. Uh, some. With, with, your own, with your own yep. words put into it? Yep. Fair enough. Hey, it works. So. Um, it was still a pretty good comic. Yeah. And I liked a good it. movie. Yeah, and a good movie. I'll be honest, I have not read the books yet, but I have watched the movie. I watched the movie, and uh, that prompted me to read the comic, which I really enjoyed. I purchased the graphic novel, obviously, and I really liked it. It's one that's uh, favorite on my shelf. There you go. Uh, Laura, do you have anything on your list for sci-fi comic books that make your top list? Kinda, but you told me it was cheating. Like, well, I mean, we can, we can address it. Honestly, this topic was too big for me. I was like, sci-fi. Like, everything to me is sci-fi a little bit because it's anything that they took science and tweaked it a little bit. And to me, Spider-Man is totally science that got tweaked a little bit. Because if you get bit by a radioactive spider, you're probably not going to get powers. But he also focuses in the comic book on, like, the web shooters and, like, would that really work? Like, there have been tons of experiments and mythbusters and things. Would would the tinsel strength of web actually work? Could he do all these things he has? Could he make his tracking devices? Like, there's a lot of science in spider-man and a lot of it is actually fictional but i think spider-man is an interesting idea of sci-fi at least close enough for this at least yeah i okay. agree I, I would say you defended it well enough that yep i'm not gonna say delete it on the edit so yeah last week you didn't delete half the stuff you're supposed to so i mean most of it was a joke but we'll see oh. we'll see <laughs> it's so our viewers or listeners i are they viewers when it's if we no, set I think up they're cameras. Listeners. Yeah. So our <laughs> yeah. listeners, so they can get an inside picture of what it's like, sort of. It's uh, it's raw stuff, except for the stuff that we cut out. That could be a fun, <laughs> like, little tidbit in, like, German. They actually say on the phone, like, I'll hear you later instead of I'll see you later. So. And transitioning from German to not German, the first one on my list for sci-fi is Manhattan Projects. Um, that one was by Jonathan Hickman and I don't know the artist other than the last name is Patara. I don't know who that is, but I know Jonathan Hickman is the writer where it is an alternate history of the Manhattan Project that took place here in the States for the nuclear program, bombs and everything, where things are definitely not what we know them of our history. Like there's an Einstein clone sort of thing and really weird sci-fi. The art is... A little out there, so if you have, if you're particular with the art, you have to be a little bit forgiving with it. But I think it fits the writing pretty well. What's next on your prepared speech, Jared? My pick is Paper Girls by Brian K. Vaughn. It's a group of girls who run a paper delivery route, and during their delivery, they get attacked by a group of teenagers. They subsequently chase the group into a house, and a time machine is in the basement that they find. 
they are they uh, learn that the teenagers are time travelers from the future and they are at war with a group called old timers and if i'm correct like they start in the 80s don't they like it's I very believe so like yeah stranger things timeline yeah like, it's very it, steven spielberg uh, coming of age story yeah. it seems like uh we would always use the explanation of like do you like the goonies it's like the goonies but with time travel is the yeah. best explanation we use when we sell it to other people. I agree. That's a very good concept for it. Uh, Laura, what's next on your list? I threw letter 44 on there because I thought when I immediately think of sci-fi, I usually think of some sort of space, something or other. And that one involved the president writes a letter letting the next incoming president know what's really going on. And in this one, he... Letter 44 describes that, oh, we're actually in the process of preparing for an alien invasion, so hold on to your socks. And it goes into the group of people who are traveling to try and intercept, I forget if it's like a comet or a spaceship or exactly. It's a station that they call like the chandelier. Yeah. So I think it's actual, some sort of, like, they know it's alien because, like, oh, this is why we're sending people because, like, that's not natural. That definitely shows sign of alien life of some sort or the other okay i couldn't remember how how they found it but i knew people were like in transit and they warned the president and the president's back home like making his space force makes me wonder what trump knows right now (laughs) that kind of thing but it was an interesting series that every time i talk about i'm like i need to finish it but i bet it well i don't know I'm excited to find out how it ends, but... I know I read, like, all of it except for, for roughly the last volume of it. And I was like, well, if I, if I read it, then it's truly done. If I don't read it, then there's still a little bit left. I don't know how it's going to close out and everything. But, yeah, it was really cool to see the two perspectives of life on Earth once they find out that there's aliens and then the actual astronauts that are actually doing the mission and everything. It was cool to see the comparison of the two. Yeah. And I know it got crazier towards the end. Like, the people on the mission... We're getting, I think the one guy interacted with an alien in a way that he got kind of compromised. And I was curious how that was going to go to. Yeah, like he could at least speak the language and everything. It was, it was pretty cool. Um, next up on my list is a new one, or a relatively new one, called Sea of Stars by Jason Aaron. It is about a space trucker, more or less, that has him and his kid that are going through space delivering some sort of artifacts it looks like where all of a sudden a giant space whale takes a bite out of their ship and the kid and the dad get separated the dad gets swallowed whole while the kid is out in space i believe i believe that's the correct where the kid somehow is able to breathe in space and talk to other space creatures that are not human and like he can fly around like oh he's like swimming in the sea while the dad is Oh, I'm trying to track him. He still has my, he still has his like space suit that has limited air and everything. But then you find out how can the kid do all this? What's going on? And it has a big whole intergalactic society that's like going on with this artifact and everything and everything that was being traveled or everything that was being transported and all that fun stuff. And the art is very watercolor psychedelic sort of thing with the background and everything. So they did a wonderful job of the background. Uh, there's only one volume. I really like it. People should check it out. I agree. That was a good one. Was that a dark horse image? Okay. If you don't know right now, if it's an image, I'll read it. I'll read the first yeah. issue at least and go from there. Yep. Um, yeah, Sea of Stars. I read it the first couple issues, single issues, then it was polls only, but we got the trade in, so I was able to 
blow through the whole thing pretty quickly and enjoyed it all. So. Yeah, that was a good one. And I believe it is an ongoing series. I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure it is. I mean, they definitely ended where they could do more. So I'm looking forward to seeing more. All right. Next up on my list was East of West. Um, it's about a parallel universe type, or not a parallel universe, but not in our universe. It's uh, where the Civil War didn't end. And it ended when a comet struck Earth in Kansas, and they basically had all of the groups that were involved in the Civil War, the Union, the Confederacy, but there was also a couple other ones like the uh, um, African-American Kingdom and the Native American Confederacy. Uh, They all basically sign a truce here and they go on with their lives. And there's a couple prophecies made at that time that aren't fulfilled right away. And there's 50 or 100 years. I don't remember remember how long it was. But uh, they had the four horsemen of the, uh, of the apocalypse in there and uh death himself and just a pretty good different sci-fi story so i haven't read that one yet i've definitely seen it around like oh i want to read i want to read east of west and manifest destiny both of those seem very similar with the alternate history sort of yeah. thing they're fun reads and i don't know i like those yeah nothing wrong with that you so. like to have fun yeah laura do you have anything else or what's next on your list um, literally next on my list, I also cheated kind of with Silver Surfer, because I thought, ah, that's kind of a science fiction, like, how would that actually happen? But how about Federal Bureau of Physics? Yeah, that's a good which one. used to be Collider, and yeah, that one seemed like a really good sci-fi, because it was basically saying, these people show up when physics has stopped working correctly, and they try to figure out why are things going wrong in this area, like, is someone they're causing this to happen or is it some natural phenomenon that we just don't understand yet and let's try to figure it out like it's weird to me though that it's been a while since i actually read the series i probably should have looked it up but i was thinking that i failed at this assignment so i didn't work on it too hard i don't remember them actually going into a lot of science and the issues it was more the character development and things but the initial concept was definitely very sci-fi and going to places and figuring out what's going on yeah for you, alex did you ever actually read federal bureau of physics um i read the first little bit of it i don't know if i made it past volume one though i think i just fell behind and couldn't get caught up on it yes you can it's in our house well i <laughs> i just okay you have chosen I not to caught up with it okay. so let's go with that i don't think i've read it read it but uh that sounds pretty interesting i feel like i'm selling it differently though but it's hmm. worth a shot yeah I'll it was it still out. interesting to read i just feel like it's one of those where it starts out a certain way and then it tangents off and it's like oh is it still what they initially start out for but it's still interesting next up on my list will be undiscovered country uh that's another star trek another new one uh not quite star trek no okay. uh this one is very terrestrial it's on earth <laughs> uh basically the united states secedes from the entire world they have these giant borders like 80 story tall borders with man turrets and everything and like all right we're seceding from the world peace out y'all and no one in the world knows what's going on inside because there's no information going in going out nothing and it jumps to like i don't know 20 50 years after the walls where all of a sudden people outside they receive a communication from the united states saying hey come to this location I'm like well what what, what? and it's really pretty cool to see what's going on with why the United States seceded, what happened in the United States versus what happened to the world. There's definitely some almost alien-looking creatures inside it, and it's pretty cool. 
pretty somewhat relevant with the last few years where the United States are like, oh, we'll do whatever we want and screw all, all everybody. And let's build this wall. Yeah. America first, everyone else last. Yeah. But yeah, it was pretty cool. And Undiscovered Country does have two volumes, so it looks like it's ongoing at least still right now. Volume two has not come out yet. It is scheduled to come out in March, but who knows because of COVID what's going on. So Undiscovered Country, pretty cool, pretty weird, fun stuff. Uh, Jared, do you have anything else on your list? Uh, no, but I did want to mention we only find them when they're dead. The new one that just came the out. The new one that just came out. There's issue one out. That was uh, about a group of coroners that find a dead god or celestial being, and they basically are carving out its meat and going to harvest its everything. And it sets up for the next issue where we're going to find a live god or celestial being and... It was fun. It was a fun read. It was something different. I'm looking forward to see where they go with it. Yeah, there's Ditto. definitely a lot of potential with that one to yeah. see how big they're going to go and if they find the other celestial beings and yep. super big, god sized, god sized, galactic size. Yep, for... galactic sized. So, <laughs> Lord, you have anything else on your list? Nah, pass. Okay. I have <laughs> one more for sure. Kind of three more side pieces. There. I'll do the side one, the small ones before. Uh, I have to mention Saga, just because yeah. it's... Oh! Yep, I didn't, because I knew you you yeah. were going to. Uh, Brian K. Vaughn, Fiona Staples, uh, awesome. Just Romeo and Juliet in space. I know we talk, I feel like we're talking about this every week with Saga, yeah. but I know some of you have not read it yet, and you still need to. Yes. I, I will make you hate this until you read it and love it, so... And I will shove Why the Last Man down your throat. It's written by the same guy. Exactly. So... Um, another one that's going to be a little bit of a cop-out will be Star Wars. Yeah, Star Just, Wars. I think Star Wars. Yep. I think my favorite uh, Star Wars uh, series was Legacy. Oh, yeah. I always thought that was a good one. So, any Star Wars, Star Trek at that point, too, because there are Trekkies that are out there that oh, yeah. care. But my last real legit book that I'm not going to be a cop-out with is Alex and Ada. And not just because my name is Alex, though that does help admittedly, but it is a very grounded, down-to-earth sci-fi romance story even where this guy named alex is single he's approaching 30 somethings and his grandma feels like you know it's been a while since you've been in a relationship you should at least have some sort of companionship at all and his grandma sends her or sends him a fembot basically a female robot that he can make it do whatever but it's way more, it's about way more than that i'm um, just to tip into the story a little bit you find out that all the AI robots that look completely humanoid. They all have full personalities and everything, but they're inhibitor chips. They're preventing that. So they have to be, they're basically slaves then because of those. And it has a whole society about, you know, should we free them? Should they be their own? Kind of like iRobot, how they have their own freedom sort of thing. But I believe that's only three volumes, pretty short, wonderful story. And I don't remember if I mentioned it or not, but it's by Jonathan Luna and Sarah Vaughn. Highly recommend it. Really cool, down to earth. Good story. Have you have either of you read that? No, I have not. I kept passing by it. But I probably will after you just explain yeah. that. That sounds really good. Yeah, there are. I believe there are three regular trade paperback volumes or one big collected volume that has all of it on one bo- one book. Yeah, so. have you? Oh, you buy it in single issues, right? Or when it was out? I, okay. I think I I think I bought it in single issues. I know I read them all in single issues, but I think I don't know. I don't remember if I bought them or not. I'll look through our boxes. But yeah, Alex <laughs> and Ada, great story definitely worth checking out and like i said it's a grounded sci-fi so pretty cool to see a 
something like that and with that we'll move to this week's comics uh let's go in order again jared what is one of your picks of this week for single issues i think my ultimate pick of the week was darth vader number five written by greg pack He's been with Queen Amidala's Handmaidens for the past few issues and kind of tracking her whereabouts from there. And we get to the place where Padme died, the space station where the twins are born, and what does Vader find there? So that was really interesting and fun to read. Not much action or anything. It was very, very almost uh, Darth Vader doing detective work to find out what happened to his wife. I'll say there's not much action until there's a bunch of action. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Very briefly. It was very brief. There's a lot of it, but uh, it wasn't an action-packed issue, but it was really good. It was really neat. Yeah, I thought it was strange how the action was delayed the way it was. I was like, well, they kind of had the chance to stop him and have a big fight scene, and they're like, no, we'll catch you later. Bye. Pretty much. <laughs> I think he was basically setting a trap for them. Yeah, I think they yeah. were also, it got delayed because I think they were also regrouping a bit. And I think it was a combo. He was trying to set a trap, and they were trying to set a trap. Yeah. And... Let's just, Vader. let's just say Vader is in another movie after the take after this comic, of this movie yeah. of this comic book. So, <laughs> but well, where was, are the rest of them? Yeah, I, yeah, it was really good. Really, all of the Star Wars Vaders that's been going on last what five years since Disney bought yeah. them just really, really good stuff. Highly recommended. Laura, what's one of your picks of the comic books this week? Um, I think I'll go with Seven Secret Secrets. Wait, I said that wrong. Seven Secrets. It's just secrets once. Anyway, number two was the issue number. It was told from the perspective, I feel, of the the child that they referred to in the first issue, Caspar. He's the son of Eva and Seagard, who are the keepers of the seventh secret. And he's exiled for nine years. They just completely gloss over that. So I feel like they're going to come back to it later. And it's going to be important somehow. Or they'll just say it really didn't matter and we'll just go on from here. Well, I'm hoping that it was more secrets and it's important because i i don't know that's what i I want i think they'll go back to it eventually because even the first issue was kind of different timelines yeah i think i mentioned last time how that threw me off a little bit but i figured out this issue i think they have uniforms that they wear like all the time and that's why when like nine months pass they're still wearing the same clothes because it's a uniform and that that helped a lot to realize today oh they came back nine years later and they're still wearing the same clothes because sometimes time helps me if they change clothes. But I'm still do. wearing the same clothes I wore 10 years ago. Some of them. Some of the t-shirts. Not even yeah. washed. <laughs> <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Anyway, seven secrets. Yeah, yeah I hope that's not true because I've been trying to keep up on the laundry. <laughs> but yeah, so after nine years, the son, Caspar, comes back and joins the Order of the Seven Secrets and lives with them and starts training with each of the people who hold a secret or I guess the teams that hold secrets. And at first I thought it was really weird because he doesn't get paired up with his parents. And I'm like, make it super awkward, guys. But then they they get over that. They get to interact. And it's just setting up his story. And they can go a lot of directions from here, but I thought it was a good... Even if you haven't read the first issue, but I'd still recommend go get the first of the seven secrets and catch up. But I thought it was a good issue this week. Yeah, I I liked how they, like you said, how they trained with each uh the secret keepers and the you really got to see the dynamic between the parents and the child too as he grew up and everything and how he was like oh i started resenting them but then i didn't and back and forth standard kid drama i guess teenage angst yes teenage angst yeah you think your parents are just not cool and then you get older and you're like oh 
they needed to do this because they're your parents. Right. They're well, still not cool, but. <laughs> well, and what I really liked too is in the first issue, the dad had like a little rubber ducky, but it was some sort of toy thing that he said, oh, this reminds me of my son and everything. And this issue, you find out the actual significance of that and everything. And I was like, ooh, that was that was really good. It hits hard, huh? But for me, I mean, it's written by Tom Taylor. So Brian K. Vaughn and Tom Taylor, they're like, all right, just read it. doesn't matter. Yeah. And the first issue surprised me. And this one, like, continues up the good stuff with it. And, yeah, Seven Secrets also was definitely one of my picks of the week this week. Yeah, I'm tempted to read the, the quote about the little rubber ducky thing. The kid says, who doesn't like birds? You know what I like? I like when you chase them and they just start bouncing along on their little legs. And it's like, for just a moment, they've forgotten they can fly. And he says he keeps the bird so he can remember that you can fly, that you want to fly. Just do it. Yeah, that's really neat. Yeah, it was, it was See, a really good story. It. Spoiler worth it. That was worth it. Uh, my One of my first picks of this week, I, I don't really have a single pick this week. It was really hard to choose. So one of my picks this week is heavy by some people that i don't really know no of course not. by max bemis and uh eric donovan where follows a guy that his job is st- he's stuck in purgatory basically not not good enough to go in heaven not bad enough to go in hell so he has to earn his way one way or the other where there's this whole civilization of businesses and stuff where his job is to take he's the heavy so when someone needs correcting or anything, they call on him or others like him. It's his job to kill timeline offenders with like within the multiverse. It starts with him killing, uh, is it Michelangelo? I think it was Leonardo da Vinci. Leonardo da Vinci. Yeah, um, and it was creepy. And this like a spoiler. is this is definitely rated R. Yes, hard R. Um, lots of nudity, lots of up close and personal nudity. Lots of toe stuff. Yeah, there is some toe stuff. I'll put it that way. But <laughs> Jared's giving me a look. Um, <laughs> For those who are not yet. viewers, <laughs> uh, the now one, you have to read I it. I was even not expecting I, that statement. <laughs> I would not recommend this one because I just I didn't like it enough for the the stuff you had to dig through, but. But some if you, people might like it. If you can, if you like the heavy action, uh, action flick sort of thing, like a whole bunch of violence, gore, or whatever, then this is right up your alley. It, it just caught my attention. Uh, there is one panel that is political. I'm not going to say on mic here, but some people will like it. Some people won't, depending on what side you lean politically wise. But it made me laugh out loud. So that is heavy issue number one. I'm intrigued. I might have to pick it up just to. I have to find that, that toe thing you're talking you, about. You, you borrow ours. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, next one on my list was Detective Comics 1027. 1,000 issues since the debut of Batman. First appeared in Detective Comics number 27. It had uh, multiple stories thrown out different uh, eras of Batman. I want to say there are 12 stories in the issue. It is an oversized. It's $10, but... Boy, you get your money's worth. You sure do. You really do. There's some stories that stand out over others, just like any other oversized book like this. But uh, it was really good. I found myself reading each one of them. We talked about this a little bit beforehand, but there is one issue that uh, Joker is giving birthday presents to Batman. And at one point, and you know Joker, they're never good. It's an annual gift. It goes on for, it, it seems like decades. Well, it's an annual gift that happens every month. Yeah, it's an annual gift that happens every month. Um, Because it's like, all right, it's your birthday, whatever. 
But at one point, Batman, it's like the end of the month. He hasn't got his present yet. He goes up to like demand, like, where's my birthday present? Like, just you don't expect Batman demanding for a birthday present. And it was a fun little twist. It was. It was really good. They had uh, stories all over all over the Batman universe. Yeah, there are too many writers and artists to label them, to name them all. Scott Snyder was in there. Yeah. Which were, yeah. And, like, and same with co- variant covers. They did a ton of variant covers also. Yeah, and some of them were really good, too. Yeah. Yeah. So we had one guy that he bought every single cover. There's 12 different covers. True. So I was like, well, that's a fun bill for you. But, hey, he bought them. So. Yep. I think I did that for, like, Spider-Man 800 or something like that. That sounds about right. I can see that they were really neat covers, though. There yeah. Was... I, yeah. It would be definitely hard to choose just one. Yeah. Like, it's like, well, I want this one, and then that one's cool. I mean, yep. for me, I'd skip on with Superman, but that's just me. That, uh, and there was uh, another story arc in there that had uh, the Bat family doing true detective work on the homicide of uh, one of uh, GCPD's detectives. I forgot about that one. That one that might have been my really favorite. Good. That one might have been my truly yeah. favorite. Because, yeah, it was all, everybody except for Damien. Yeah, Damien wasn't there. Damien wasn't there. I didn't realize that till now. Everyone, so we got all the different Robins except for Damien. Batgirl, spoiler, um, The Signal. Yep. They were all there. there, Except for Damien. I wonder why they left him out now. I don't know. I'm hoping that we'll see more of that in the future. But I'll tell you, I didn't even miss him. Yeah, I mean, that's that's I didn't even notice he wasn't there until you said it. He would have hijacked the whole scene, so that's fair. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I always preferred Tim Drake as the Robin. I liked some a lot of his stories. He's the most quote normal of the Robins, I think. Yeah, like he's the he's the least damaged. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He found out who Batman was through true detective work as a child. Right. He was just you a know. smart kid. Yeah. Versus, oh, my dad died. Oh, I was stealing I mean, your tires and yeah. then got murdered. And then, oh, you're my dad. Right. <laughs> he he earned the spot as Robin yeah. more than anybody else. Yep. What's another pick for you for this week, Laura? I guess Stillwater was my second, and I see you pulled it out, so I assume you have something to say about it. I mean, you can go with it. Oh, you're going to make me do it. You said it's on your list, so I can pivot. It starts out the main character is Daniel, and he loses his job suddenly. And then the next day, you know, like, ironically, as many happens in many interesting stories, all of a sudden he gets this letter about this inheritance from his great-grand-aunt, and he has to go to the town of Stillwater. And interesting, like, I was confused because as he's trying to get there, he's asking people a little bit along the way, oh, do you have recommendations on, like, the best way to get here? Like, directions, stuff like that. But their phone keeps sending them, but there are no labels along the way. And they, I thought it was really weird that how does their phone know, but no people know? And I guess that's probably a spoiler coming up. I almost wondered... Like, just me hypothesizing if they did something to his phone, too, like, to lure him there and, like, his phone is the only one that also can find this place. But eventually he does make it there, and they just notice that this town is really weird. Oh, he he took his roommate with him, too, by the way. I think his name was Tony. Not really important. That's why I say they. But anyways, I'm ruining this, aren't I? But anyways. (laughs) So they... They do eventually get to this town, and they just start noticing that it's more than just a weird small town. There's a secret in there. They find out pretty quick what it is, honestly, but that's a spoiler. So I'll let that go. Is this... So this is a horror book. Okay, I was life. just about to ask if this was a horror, because that <laughs> sounds very Silent Hillish or something like that, where it's a... 
Stephen King kind of opening yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. So this is classified as a horror where there is definitely something weird with this town, this middle of nowhere town that no one goes to. Yeah, it was, there's not a whole, a whole lot of horror in this part, but it's yeah, definitely it's say, leading up to like, that. Like, I guess the last scene's a little terrifying, but other than that, I wasn't scared any other part. But yeah, the, the cover is horrifying. I guess not horrifying, but weird. Are, are we getting... What I is going on? It should be you, too. That's your mom. Oh, just one giant text. I only got one notification, though. Oh, okay. Well, I got eight. Uh, so, next up for me is going to be Thor number seven. This one is written by Donnie Cates, art by Aaron Cooter, and cover art by Oliver Coipel. Co- Coipel? I don't know. So, the last issue, light spoiler, but since it's been a month, the issue came out, I'm going to say it anyway. Thor killed Galactus, and with the power cosmic slash just being a god, and it's what he does, so he killed Galactus. This issue has him going back to Asgard to do some clerical work, where he's like, all right, time to actually be the king of Asgard. I have to do some stuff around here. But we find out he throws the hammer down to Earth for some random reason. Just like, he threw it down to Earth, had a message written on it. If you follow us on Facebook, you see what it says on the messages, where it has Tony Stark's phone number that you can call in real life. You can call that phone number. There is a voicemail that is dedicated to the comic, and it is truly wonderful. But other than that, you see fun stuff with them trying to figure out why the hammer's there, why call Tony, what's going on, and what's up with Mjolnir, because Mjolnir has been acting weird with him lately. It's Thor says it's been getting heavier to hold, so I'm just trying to figure out what's going on with it. Is it sick? Is it alive? What's going on? Is Thor not becoming or being worthy anymore? Right, because I mean, he within the last five years he became worthy again of carrying the hammer. So what does that mean? And it's fun back and forth with Thor and Valkyrie because he's talking through the birds since he's the All-God now, the All-Father now since Odin was gone. So he speaks through the different birds as like a little cell phone service, which is pretty cool. And yeah, it was really good. I've enjoyed the whole run. It's pretty cool to see what happens. The phone number, you can look it up online. You should definitely call it. It's worth it. And check it out. So that's Thor number seven. Just to check, was the number in Thor? I thought it was in Iron Man as well. Nope, the, it was in Thor. The panel that we post online was from the book where Iron Man shows up. Oh, I was reading Iron Man when I found that post. That's why I yep. got confused. Because okay. Iron Man was the one that I was talking to and everything. Okay, story checks out. Sorry. That's okay. Jared, what's your next pick? Uh, my next one was a uh, Joker War tie-in, Catwoman number 25. Uh, Catwoman teams up with the Riddler and the uh, Penguin to steal back the money that Joker stole from Bruce Wayne and countless other victims of Gotham. And they were supposed to keep it for the three of them, and Catwoman ends up betraying them. Big surprise. Catwoman betrays other criminals? Yep. What? Tries to get the money back to Bruce Wayne. Well, and the cool thing with this one, too, is they've been, like, alluding to it in the other issues. Yeah. Like, the, for the last month or two, like, oh, see what happens in Catwoman. Oh, this happened in Catwoman. This is what we're talking about. And, like, but that one hasn't come out yet, guys. Right. They've set that one up completely with the other books, but the timeline was always fuzzy. Because, like you said, the book hadn't come out yet, and they're referencing it. Yeah, it, it was another one of my favorite, too. Like, it, it was, was a fun one. Yeah, I mean... If you... Penguin bro- used... I mean, I'm broken record. Joker War, man. Yeah. Check it out. And Penguin uses his umbrella gun in it. So that's always fun to see. Yeah. 
Laura, do you have any other picks this week? I should probably at least give a mention that Amazing Spider-Man The Sins of Norman Osborn came out as a one-shot this week. And that was interesting to me, the the other multiverse spider women and man are still trying to stop Spider-Man from stopping the Sin Eater from cleansing Norman Osborn. And they go into more detail about why they're doing what they're doing. And like it picks up immediately after the previous issue of Amazing Spider-Man. Like, yeah, although it seemed like a few things were missing here and there, like they referred to some stuff that didn't seem to happen or it definitely happened in something else. Like you, I don't feel like you could read this alone and feel satisfied. You definitely want to read the previous issue of Amazing Spider-Man to have an idea of what, what Sin Eater, do, Sin Eater doing, to, doing what he's up to, what is his game plan, what's going on, other than, oh, there's this guy Sin Eater attacking Norman, like... It's definitely good to have a little bit. Of- yeah, and I couldn't decide. They said that Osborne is actually searching Ravencroft for something, and I didn't know if they brought that up in other issues or not. I didn't. I didn't remember it. Not but. yet. I mean, because all we knew before was Osborne was running through Ravencroft, which he's the head of now. So he's running. You would think just to avoid the crowds of people attacking him, but you find out no, he actually has another motive. He's going after something. What is he going after? And this is where we find out what that is. Oh, did we? Uh, I believe so. Okay. I thought he didn't find it yet. <laughs> I don't know if viewers, I guess listeners, sorry, we already decided you're listeners. Yeah, that looks like to me that's what he was going after. Oh, see, I thought he was looking for something else that he didn't know that he put there. Okay. I thought it was like in one of the issues, I think of the Ravencroft, they were looking for a journal that was written by the guy who founded the whole area. To me, it mm. seems that's what he was going after. Okay. Sometimes I, I feel like, and I, I guess this is the point of book club and things like that too, like we all read the issue and take our own spin on it. So you think he found it? I think he's still looking. <laughs> we'll find out. I didn't want to say what it is because it's kind of a major, sp- it's the very last panel. So I, I don't want to give away what. Yeah, you have to read it, people. Yeah, Come on. check it out. One of us. One of us. Read all the Spider-Man. And my final pick for this week, uh, well, at least main ones, I don't know. I may have some other wants to talk about briefly but my main one to talk about is iron man number one iron man is back tony stark is back it is no longer the iron man 2020 sorry if you like that story me i did not care about it at all if it's not tony i don't care about iron man just the way it is but this one has tony propose a question of without iron man who is tony stark so it has him basically going back to basics of like all right i'm you know this rich guy this genius I'm Iron Man, I'm this, that, and the other, but if you strip that all down, what or who is Tony Stark? Or who is Iron Man at that point? And it's really cool. Apparently, him and Janet have, are breaking up. Janet Van Dyne, a co-founding member of Avengers, was like, all right, well, it's been nice. Peace out. Like, I think some of that has to do with what happened earlier in the book where he sits down and says, I'm getting out of the tech business. Well, I, I think it just shows also how much... How Tony neglects everybody. Yeah, it's... in his personal life. Like it's he like can't just do that with a billion-dollar company. With how, how many people does he employ? And well, I mean, you know, yeah. and it's like, oh, hey, I'm switching gears. Well, I guess I'm out of a job. He just you know? casts everyone aside, no problem, willy dilly. So, and this one has him going on an adventure with Hellcat, Patsy Walker. I want to say is her name. And it's like, oh, he did, he did, or. Him and Janet broke up. Time to hook up with Patsy. It seems like that seems yeah, a little totally fast. It's totally Tony. It, it is Tony, but as a reader, like that's a little too fast, guys. Yeah. Say again, who did he break up with? Uh, Janet Van Dyne. 
the original oh, wasp. Oh, yeah, the wasp did show up for a second. I didn't even know they were it, anything. It was like okay. two panels is all that was there. When but, they were together or when they broke no, up? When they broke up. Okay. They were together in previous Iron Man series. But yeah, when she first showed up, at first I was like, okay, this could be Pepper Potts because she's a redhead. And I was like, oh, maybe it's Mary Jane. And then she introduced herself. I was like, good thing. I have no idea who yeah. this redhead is. Yeah, when Patsy <laughs> showed up, I was like, oh, which redhead is this one? Is it? Because I, I totally thought it was Mary Jane because yeah. Mary Jane did work for him briefly. Yeah, my first thought was Mary Jane, but then I thought, wait, no, that's because you read Spider-Man. So then I thought, oh, Pepper Potts. Hey, I followed right with you. I would not. I thought it was Pepper right away. Give me <laughs> an hour of guesses and I would not have guessed Patsy. Like, I, it's yeah. not who I would have thought of when I thought of, oh, female, redhead, Tony Stark. Not what I came up with. But you find out that she's pretty funny. And that's like, she makes, makes good one-liners. Like, I could totally see her teaming up with Spider-Man and they have a great dynamic back and forth of one-liners. But this is pretty cool. Iron Man goes back to basically his Mark One armor where it's, it's the old school, or old school Iron Man with like the slits in the eyes for eyes and everything. And he does have an AI in it, but it's very minimal and it's pretty good. I enjoyed it. Great jumping on point. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I'm going to read the rest of the series at this point. So I'm, I'm hooked to see where it goes. I'm going to check out issue two and kind of make my decision from there. Yeah. Yeah. Even I was excited to read it. I liked the guy they kind of set up to possibly be the villain. And yeah. I thought that was interesting. So I want to see where it goes. And I, I think that I'm probably going to be rooting against Mr. Stank, though. I mean, that's that, that's classic <laughs> for you, so. I thought the art was really good in that, too. Yeah, I mean, the cover art. I, the cover art was. Look, I don't know if it is, but it looks very Alex Rossian. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think it's it Alex Rossian. Is it? Okay. Okay. Yep, cover so Alex Ross. Good. I was like, we, it seems definitely like his jam. Yeah. And it is. Yeah. So the interior art was really good, too. And it's. Uh, the whole cover is front and back pages. It is a, yeah. Oh, I can notice that. Uh, wrap around. Wrap around. That's where I was like, I, I, was I know there's the a word. word for it, but. <laughs> oh, yeah, that is pretty. Also, if you're a fan of Need for Speed, there is a car race scene in here. So, just a little fun. Little yeah, thing. I think they refer to, oh, I'm sorry. It's not Need for Speed. It's gone in 60 seconds. They refer to a Shelby. Yeah. Uh, are there any other standout comic books this week for you guys? Uh, for me, I will do an honorable mention of there's the Tenacious D post-apocalyptico book i have not had a chance to read it yet but it is a original hardcover graphic novel it is actually written and drawn by jack black himself oh i didn't realize he so, drew cool. um the art is reflective of someone that's not known for drawing i'll put it that way <laughs> i have flipped through it it is rated r it is very tenacious d but i'm excited to sit down and read it i haven't had a chance yet but i'm looking forward to it now i am too um i wanted to mention Graphic novel by, sort of, by Kurt Vonnegut. Originally came out. by yeah. Kurt Vonnegut. Yeah, the book is from Kurt Vonnegut, and it's called Slaughterhouse-Five or The Children's Crusade, and it's a pictographic version of his book. I highly recommend it because I, I really love this book. This is my favorite author. It is black humor. It is rated R also because there's definitely things that happen. Some um, adult stuff, which for me, yeah. like, I've never read the original book. I'm going to read this now because, like, all right. Better. Yeah. <laughs> Other than because she told me to, I was curious and like, all right, I definitely want to see this adaptation. I love that they are doing more and more comic book adaptations of literary classics. I know we have like To Kill a Mockingbird. We have that one. And what did you say? Oh, sorry. A Wrinkle in Time. A Wrinkle I in think. Time. Jared has The Hobbit. Or no, uh, Lord of the Rings. I did Lord of the Rings. Yeah, Lord of the Rings. Okay. They, I know they did a bunch with Game of Thrones also. And Diary of Anne Frank is one as well. Like, 
if I had these as options to read when I was like in high school and stuff, like, oh, read this book. I don't read books and I don't like responding to authority, but if it had a comic book adaptation, I would have been a lot more likely to read it. Same here. Yeah. Different than Cliff Notes. Yes. But similar. Yep. And different than the movie, too. (laughs) Yeah, the movie sucked. I do not recommend this movie. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to reading that one as well. Any other honorable mentions for you, Jared? Not honorable mentions, but we're missing a big one so far. Batman number 99. Oh, yeah, Batman 99. Joker War, the second to last issue. Some stuff happens. Yes, stuff happens. Um, Nightwing gets his suit back. Nightwing is Dick Grayson. Dick Grayson again. Dick Grayson is Nightwing. Yep. And gets the Nightwing suit back. Yep, it uh, has... The Joker offering a reward for every dead body his clowns bring him and offers a, what is it, a million dollar reward for one of the bats? Uh, Something like it's that? It's an extra, I, I want to say it's a thousand dollars a body. That could that, be. For a normal body. And then like either a hundred thousand for one of the bat families or Maybe something like that. Maybe that's it, yeah. But it, it was a reward system. And uh, the clowns make good on that, it looks like. They are all about and adding up the bodies. The bat family is in for a long night in the next issue it looks like but batman has a much deeper problem without giving spoilers the joker goes back to ace chemicals and sets up a trap that is a doozy and this is borderline spoiler but not i would say there is a brand new batman armor revealed in this issue that's all i'm going to say i'm not going to give anything else out of the way of that but it is a unique armor Yes. I wish I'd read this issue now. Oh, Tuesday night went, went too fast. We may have to start subscribing to Batman when we keep talking about it. <laughs> we can do that. It's I'll been solid. About. It's yeah. been really good. So, that is, unless, I, one last call again for <laughs> honorable mentions or anything else that stood out. Honorable mention was Star Wars number six. Did we talk about that? Uh, We talked about Vader, but not Star Wars. Okay, Star Wars 6, if you remember in the last issue, Luke is trapped in a tank of water where he can't get out. And it's got a Jedi who knows he's Darth Vader's son that's trapped him there. And he has to find a way to escape. And R2 comes to the rescue. Classic R2 being the hero that he is. Yep, completely shocks and stuns the person. It's just fun to see R2 electrify people. Yeah. yeah. I know. loved R2's version of CPR too, which was also all electrify Luke yeah. until he comes back. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so I'm actually watching Star Wars Rebels and it fit perfectly that there's an episode in season two, like, oh, no one ever pays attention to the droid. And this is the perfect example. Yeah, no, no one ever pays attention to the droid. They're like, oh, that's just a just a obedient little thing. No one cares about it. But no, droids droids have personalities and they ha- and they matter too. Yeah, at least R2 has that spunk. Yes. Yeah, but uh, it continues with Luke trying to track down a lightsaber. I don't remember what he's trying to track down. He's going to an ancient Jedi temple to look for a new lightsaber to replace his dad's that he lost. Where he finds a version of the Inquisitor, the Grand Inquisitor from Star Wars Rebels. And it looks like that character drawn like him, everything like that. But uh, he kind of battles with that version of... Force ghost, I guess. Well, I guess it it is a Sith bodyguard or a Sith guard. It looks like yeah. to set a trap, to spring the trap. Yeah, but uh, he battles that, and it it was pretty good. And I'll just say Luke draws Vader's attention. Yeah, we'll, we'll just go with that. Yeah. All right. So those are our top picks for this week. Let's end it like we have been the last few episodes with our heroes of the week. Does anybody want to volunteer with their favorite hero first? 
Uh, Laura's look on her face says she forgot all about this part. Yep. I want to go with Joker for being such a nice guy to get Batman an annual gift <laughs> every year. Every month. Every month. An, an annual gift. Yeah. Gift, or a birthday gift every it month. It wasn't every month. I think it was, they skipped around, didn't they? I thought it was, well, the they showed the, the past ones were skipped around, but he had said once a day, every month. Or one once one, a month, once a month every year. Month, okay, every, every single day, but it never actually happened on his actual birthday. Maybe that's what it was. It didn't happen at, on his birthday. I'm gonna have to reread that whole section. That was a good one. But I like that Joker was a, such a nice guy for getting Batman a gift for his birthday. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with Jack Black for giving us more tenacious D. All the Tenacious D. It is the most tenacious of the D that I have ever seen. With the new book, Tenacious D, Post-Apocalyptico, is my is the reason why I choose Jack Black as my hero of the week. I think that I'm going to, on the fly, pick Jonathan Hickman. Because he stuck out to me because you mentioned it was the Manhattan Projects he yep. wrote. He's writing, I guess another honorable mention we could almost give was the X-Men Storm Giant Size this week. Giant Size X-Men yeah. And Storm, he also yeah. wrote uh, East of West. Okay, yeah. He's written a lot of amazing things, he's, so yeah. obviously he's good. And he he's knows his stuff. So. Like the main X-Men books, he did House and Powers of X last year. He basically reset the entire X-Men universe within the Marvel Comics, and his pretty much taking control of that. Yep. He's done enough that I remember his name when people say it, and I... Don't usually pay attention to names, so. See, and here after I picked Jack Black, I would have bet that you would have picked Kurt Vonnegut for Slaughterhouse, but. Oops. Maybe I'll remember that next week. <laughs> Maybe next time, once you finish reading it. Well, I've read it. Like, well, the, the comic I've book read adaptation. the first version three right. times, but. Once you finish reading this, you might pick that. Yeah, I'll try to remember that next week. We'll see what happens. I'll leave the book right here and then. <laughs> so, <laughs> that is this week's episode. Uh, as usual, if you are on a service where you can rate and review, please do so. And if you're already listening, thanks for listening. Subscribe if you haven't yet. Why pick one at a time, look it up every time, or you can just subscribe. Get the notification that we're here. Uh, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And we now have a TikTok, actually, as well. I don't know the name of that wow. yet. But I know we have linked it to our Instagram and Facebook stories as well. We've done, as far as I can remember, two videos for sure. We might have done three. I don't remember. So, yeah, we are the social medias, yo's, because we're cool kids. I'm not I dancing on TikTok. I can't <laughs> believe you haven't told me this sooner. Do you have a TikTok? Well, the store does, yes. I don't. I don't have TikTok yeah. myself, so it is yeah. what it is. I'm only subscribed to your brother. Now I can subscribe to the store, too, when you find out the name. Uh, possibly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll email Mark. <laughs> I imagine if you search us, we'll, you'll probably find us. So, thanks again for listening, guys. And barring any complications, we will see you all next week. Woohoo! Except you won't see anyone. We're in a basement.